0: Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're a different kind of radio talk show because we feature great guests discussing everything that is life, our bodies, mind, and great human spirit, and all the while adding a little laughter. We have fun, entertaining, enlightening, and yes, even educating everyone that listens, including ourselves. I hope that you will join your host, Kevin McDonald and his friends right now for Positive Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Positive Talk
0: Radio, it's
1: Wednesday. There you go. (laughs) And I know, I know. And it's a beautiful day outside. Okay, well, it's not as... Well, you know what? My lawn is just happy as can be today. Because now it's not going to be dead and brown, hopefully, much longer. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And it's raining, and it was wonderful, and and we just, we love it this way. This is why we live in the Northwest. Absolutely. Even though... um, well, wait a minute! I'm the only native in the room. <laughs> the rest of you oh, are transplanted the native from Idaho. That's right. The native no, from Idaho. I the li-
2: Idaho <laughs> spud over here who thinks he's a native. I lived there three he's Been months. here longer than the rest of us. Come I, on!
1: I was here forever. And Kevin
3: I, is a native wannabe. That's, that's
1: right. right. No, in, I was there for three he's months. He's got native lust. <laughs> I was there three months, okay? Yes. And Idaho's Still. closer. Uh, cl- Idaho's closer than Sacramento, Hredding, or Southern California, which is where the three people that hail are in this room hail from. So, hey, so, so. Cal- cal- <laughs> California rules. I, no. We Ooh. came
2: here yeah. of our own fruition. And that you that can go our back on a rail. That's right. our desire to live here. Uh, more powerful than you're being transported here under who knows what kind of circumstances when you had no yeah, say in the matter. Do you know why that I say From that? From Idaho, your native land.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> I went to Idaho Falls once. It wasn't very spectacular, I'm telling you. I was there for like three months and that, that was it. Then I came over here. But The reason that it's important for me to let you guys know that I'm the native and you're not is when we have bad traffic, I can blame it on you. <laughs>
3: Okay. May I remind you that <laughs> Seattle was broke before the Californians arrived? Yeah, thank. 1975.
0: Oh, uh, well, that's, so of course, in
1: 1969, we did say there was a billboard that yeah. said, last person out of town, please turn off the lights, because Boeing was going through terrible times and all that kind of stuff. So I guess maybe the Californians, Californians helped. But uh, and and you all came. It was it's great fun. Now now just don't bring any more of your friends, would you? Yeah. Now that you're here, we'll accept you as being part the, of the us.
2: The true natives are saying those darn Idahoans
1: that moved here and <laughs> yeah. clogged up yeah, our freeways. B- both of us. <laughs> yeah, we brought more sheep than anything else. I think. That's so. right. <laughs> Eric is and here. Potatoes. That's right. Eric is here as always. Darla is here because we need to talk about third place books and a new friend. Actually, a very old friend is here, and I'm not sure whether we're going to get him to talk on the radio or not. But a, a good friend of mine. We from, have ways of making him talk. Absolutely, and he's been a friend of mine for like 12 years. He knew me when I was uh, before the dead chicken salesman days. He was actually my boss with when I was an order taker which is what he used to call me rather than a salesperson with Kraft Food Service a long time ago. <laughs> so he's uh, uh, he's sitting in today and just saying hello, and I'm not sure we can get him to say hello or not because his microphone is, like, away from him, and he's, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just not going to go there. So, But we may get him to talk yet. So, Mike, <laughs> th- welcome to the studio. We're glad you're here. Thank you. And, Darla, we need to talk about?
3: Ravenna third place. Absolutely. But first of all, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Something that's been bothering me. <laughs> what is it? my new problem in life? Do I you check my fly? It's do fine. Do you um know your fly? Eric, I'd like to get a, take a poll here and Mike, you might want to lower that microphone just a little you're gonna bit. You're going to take a poll? Well, do you gentlemen snore?
1: Uh, yes. Yes. Who
3: tells you that you snore?
1: My wife's uh elbow.
3: Okay, so am I correct <laughs> yes. in assuming that the snorer is not aware of the fact that they snore.
1: True. That is correct.
4: Actually, I have woke myself up on <laughs> numerous occasions snoring. So I, I can't really speak for other people, but I know I snore. The rest of um, us just
2: know from assaults. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right
3: my question is uh, is there a cure and my husband tells me I snore and i actually all my kids tell me that I snore and I'm a petite feminine little girl <laughs> who should not be snoring and I don't believe them but they've all come at me with pillows and 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 you know screaming mom I can't sleep and what do you think so, it's a
1: conspiracy
3: well I'm not exactly sure because I'm absolutely convinced that I don't but most men snore I've heard my dad snore I've heard my husband snore I've never heard you know a friend and my roommate in college or my mother or any of my children snore so I'm wondering if we should maybe get an expert on the show to talk about what that's all about I, I
4: I've always been under the impression that it had to do with the weight because you know us big guys snore because we're big and we have all this extra stuff in our throats and stuff but you don't have a lot of extra anything so um, I know. I, maybe I've heard, I'm doing a form I've heard of yoga that there is one surefire. <laughs> Cure for snoring. Don't and breathe. Divorce. Divorce. Yeah. <laughs> Separate bedrooms. Yes, that's, a, that's right. Well, well since which i Which was... leads to divorce. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I don't know Doesn't if that's it the answer. Does that have more to
2: do with a deviated septum than your weight? I mean. I have no idea what a deviated septum is. <laughs> Neither do I, but <laughs> I sounds smart. <laughs> I
3: think
4: we need a, a snoring
2: expert.
3: Exactly. But, yes.
2: but I'm with you. It's a conspiracy because I never, you know, I never hear the snoring that I supposedly do, but I do have the bruises to show that oh, yes. <laughs> that somebody believes. <laughs> it, can oh, get, yes. it can
3: get violent, actually. Yes. So, well, since I was able to manifest a car guy and I'm working on a travel expert, I think I need to throw out there that if anybody knows anything about snoring, please give us a call or go to our website at www.positive-talkradio.com.
1: Well, it's actually, I, I think, a Sleep disorder. And, and like, because, because it is. I think, because I don't get much sleep when I snore.
3: <laughs> I think that's when we're Your sleeping wife at doesn't our bed. not get best. much
1: sleep when you snore. <laughs> exactly. She gets, she gets elbow exercise. That's right. That's how so. she stays so thin. She's constantly. <laughs> <so thin. laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> she That's gets right. A workout. That's so
3: right. anyway, we'll, well, we'll throw that out there and see what happens. We I would like a medical
1: expert to talk to us about snoring, absolutely,
3: and the causes of, and the cures of, and all that good stuff to save my marriage. I bet you so. Jerry
1: has some kind of a something for it. I bet you he does. That's <laughs> right. We'll, we'll talk to Jerry. Of course, Jerry lives alone, so he snores and doesn't nobody care.
3: No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's in a snore-free zone. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. He has yeah. No there's idea. nothing wrong, wrong with it, really, if nobody else hears it. It's kind of like—is there the sound in <laughs> the, the, tree the forest? In the forest. <laughs> no yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it just doesn't matter. Except There's always I, some owl that's going to hear that. Type. However, I have been told that when I do snore, if my wife isn't there to kick me, hit me, or move me around... Um, I can get really loud, I guess. So, <laughs> so neighbors have been affected in the past. Oh, okay. Wow.
2: I think that's some kind of
1: record. Need to move to a neighborhood with a little bit more buffer like, between you? Well, yes. Like the first time that I saw my, when I was that's living in an apartment. That's why in Kent now. Yeah, when I was living in an apartment and, and uh, I was all by myself living there and I met my neighbors and there was a knowing glance between them. I was like, oh yeah, that's what he looks like. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> because they only heard you.
1: Well, yeah, they—they they don't see well, it's, Yeah, they that, thought his head was
2: just a megaphone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Kevin, I'm now that the microphone has been lowered a tad bit towards okay. your long lost friend from the past. We need a personal story from Mike about Kevin because our audience <laughs> I wants I to know more than what he says we need about some himself. Insight.
1: I don't Aww. know that that's a wise idea. <laughs>
4: Actually, you know, I, I, I've heard Kevin, I've heard Kevin say that when he talks about when he refers to friends on the radio, he has to be careful because he doesn't have so many. I share that, uh, that problem. So, um,
1: you know, (laughs) well, and I will tell you that, that ladies and gentlemen, this is um, Mike that. For those of you who listen to the show all the time, he is a, a friend of mine that has had a one hellacious summer. He, he lost his niece and his brother-in-law and uh, recently also his father-in-law. And uh, um, I'm ready for summer to be over. Yeah, summer. It's good that it's raining because it's, now it's a whole different time. And we are working on the um, uh, bears, the stuffed bears for charity. Yeah. Where are we with that, young man? Because we want to well, make sure have, that happens. We,
4: we have whole parts of it put together um we weren't planning on on coming back from vacation and 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 doing funerals again Uh, but we've got uh uh, and it's terrible i don't have the the name of the the, we have a toy store in issaquah that's going to work with us on uh, on selling bears and has been willing to offer discounts and or uh, donations toward helping us there and holding them. So we've we've got that set up. We've got. Uh, I have contacted Children's and I've gotten a packet from them on what's legal to do and what's not. Because you know when you solicit donations, you got to be careful. Sure. Um, but I, you know, it's it, the the biggest problem is we kind of, you know, came back from vacation ready to roll on this and sp- spent last week doing uh, funeral stuff. Which for those of you who haven't done it recently, it's still not fun. No, it um, it pretty much uh, uh, sucks. It sucks. That's yeah. the. Uh, but my my favorite story to tell about Kevin is the first conversation <laughs> that we ever had. Ooh, um, tell
1: us. <laughs> now this was long ago when I was young and impressionable.
3: Well,
4: Kevin and I, you know, I did not hire Kevin. Um, no, probably would have, but I I did not hire him. He was uh, he was given to me, um, and we were were you know, out doing our, our peddling, you know, you know, we we worked in the food service distribution business. So to, you know, anybody who knows that business, you sell a lot of dead stuff uh, to restaurants and stuff. And, and Kevin was replacing a, a gentleman who worked for me. And there were some, some comments that came back to me that were off color about this gentleman um, that were attributed to Kevin. So our first conversation was a a close the door and and I whacked him upside of the head and said, you know, please tell me this isn't true. And he, he as any of you who've listened to the show, you've heard Kevin do the. Uh, 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 uh,
3: uh, he does it really well, Kevin, by the way. I know. Kevin,
4: you know, that was it. He sat there and looked at me. Uh, uh, and I realized then, you know, you have a, a sense and you uh, your gut feelings about people. My instinct is very good when I meet people. And it's hit me then that. I was talking to the wrong person that he was what was attributed to him had not been his um, just because of the way he did. The, 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 he didn't he didn't do it in such a way that was guilty. He did it like I, I wouldn't do that.
1: I was actually um, speechless,
4: which for me is
1: hard to do. Boy,
4: that was a step. Um, <laughs> but I can tell you that uh, some of the best times in uh, my life since I've moved here, I've been on the golf course with Kevin. Um, he is a, uh, he's an honest golfer. He doesn't have, he doesn't play foot wedges and, uh, and whatnot. Which um, means I
1: score really poorly. <laughs> um,
4: I also consider him a good golfer, but that's because I am not a good golfer. And, you know, where he is is where I'd like to be, but where he is, isn't good. So, um,
1: Thank you for being here, Michael. It's, it's, just a lo- it's just a lot of fun to have you here. And and it, this is an experience that if you have a friend who owns a radio show, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun to do. So <laughs> so in any event, we here need Here I to- thought we were going to get some dirt. I know. No, I know. No. He's too nice. No, no. no he's, 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 he wants to remain alive. So we need do need to take a break. We're going to come right back and we're going to talk about Ravenna third place and what's happening there. Don't you dare go away. We really have got something of substance to talk about, I promise. We'll be right back. <laughs> What? Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm your host here on KKNW 1150 AM and. Darla's here, and we're going to talk about Ravenna Third Place. Ravenna Third Place is one of the coolest places on the planet to go to sit, relax, read. It reminds me of a cross between Cheers and Friends. And it's a great place to go visit, and they've also got entertainment. they got stuff going on. Darla? Do so they have a studio on? audience? Yeah, At times, yes, they do. <laughs> okay.
3: They actually do.
1: And we are going to go there, I think. We're going to talk them into letting us do a remote there, and uh, we'll have a studio audience that day.
3: It's a very warm environment it's in Kevin's old neighborhood and actually the address is um, 6504 20th Avenue Northeast in the Ravenna district now myself having gone to the University of Washington still never knew where that was so I promised Ravenna third place that I would describe the district in relation to I-5 and 520 and you could probably do that better because I drove around in circles that day when we went over there (laughs) well
1: there are a couple ways to get there the best way is to go north or south on I-5 and get off on the 65th street exit and go on 65th towards away from, away from the water. And, uh, it's right there on 20th. So, and if you, come from the University District, you can come up on 25th, take a left on 65th and go to 20th and it's right there. Or you can come south on Lake City Way and then that will dump you off onto Roosevelt Then you go down to 65th and then you take a left on (laughs) uh, on, on 65th and go to 20th and it's all right there. Very
3: good. So am I correct in that it is due west of the U District?
1: It is due north of the U U District. No wonder I never found it. That's right. Because it's exactly, it's about 40 Streets North.
3: Okay. It's a beautiful little dist- district anyway.
1: Ravenna, it's it's a charming place. It, it is. really is. It's gorgeous. It
3: is. And they offer um, over 30,000 new and used book titles and they buy used books every day. They host free author and musical events and they're home to Seattle's beloved Honey Home Honey Bear Bakery.
1: Great place. Great food. That.
3: So tomorrow night on Kevin's birthday, happy birthday to you. Had to do that again. I know. <laughs> it was such a hit on Monday. I know. <laughs> yeah, my
1: birthday is on September 11th. Who knew? It's a great day I now.
3: I know. It's a great
1: day. Everybody talks about it now. I just it, Nobody ever knew it before. But I must be famous because I hear 9-11 all the time. I'm <laughs> sure you do. How old will you be again, Kevin? I have... will be more than I was last year.
3: Okay. Good enough. So tomorrow night at 7.30 at Ravenna 3rd Place, they have um, an event called It's About Time Writers Reading Series where beginning and experienced writers read from their work on the second Thursday of every month. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I have nothing to read, but it'll be fun to go to at some point in time. Oh, yeah. And then Friday night, they have a jazzy folk duel with two people by the name of Taylor J. and Doug Bright, and that's at 8 p.m. Friday night. On Saturday, as they do each Saturday, they have... Um, they feature Carol Nojewski, who returns with a collection of Iraqi folktales, and that's during the children's story time, which is every Saturday at 11 a.m.
1: So like Alibaba and the 40 Thieves and that kind of thing, right?
3: Something like that. Yeah. Now,
1: by the way, all of these events are free. Is that exactly. right? Exactly. Absolutely. That's a good word, free.
3: And with the Honey Bear Bakery there, they have the the muffins and the coffee and the juice and the couch and the fireplace and the, the tables made out of, Pine cones and trees. It's I'll just tell you, beautiful. a day like
1: today would be a great day to go get an espresso, sit there, go read a book, go relax, and, and sit on the couch. It would be. It's warm, inviting. It would be a great day. To I would
3: like there. to decorate like Let's that. Let's It's very warm. Okay, I'll meet you there. Okay. Forget about all that. Of those other meetings we have this afternoon, and then on Saturday at two p.m. they have a classical guitar soloist. His name is Mark Wilson, and he will be performing at two p.m. And this might be the perfect weekend to check them out if especially if the weather stays how it is as it right now. And then on Saturday we have um, Jana Harris, and she's actually our next guest. She'll be here at 1130, and she will be discussing a series of poems called We Never Speak of It, Idaho—oh, Kevin's native land. Perfect. Idaho-Wyoming poems from 1889 to 1890. And she will be there at 6 p.m. And then at 8 p.m., Max and Johnny are an acoustic folk duel, and they will be there Saturday night as well. So, But Jana Harris will be here in a few minutes to talk further about the poem.
1: Looking forward to seeing her.
3: Of the pioneer women and children who were stranded and settled along the trails of the Western Migration. So that will be very interesting. On Sunday at Ravenna 3rd Place, there is um, Stringtown Magazine will celebrate the release of a new issue and then on tuesday is the victory music open mic at 7 p.m. as i said last week they have sign ups from 6 to 6:45 every tuesday for the open mic event and uh, we're still waiting for kevin to show up for that one and then wednesday night they have zora's book group and that is um, ron shear will lead a discussion of why told ribsensky's a clearing in the distance
1: how long did it take and you before you could say that right
3: i practiced it a couple of times I thought so. <laughs> And then Wednesdays, every other Wednesday at 7.30, my favorite, Conversation Cafe. I can't wait to go. It's a safe and fun setting for spirited conversation. And I do promise, Kevin, I will be there and I will announce the date within the next week or two. And then hopefully everybody can join us there.
1: We will?
3: We are. We are going. We're That'll be great We're getting our fun. calendars worked out. And then on Friday, there is the Milner Family Fiddlers at 8 p.m. And then Saturday, again... On the 20th is Children's Storytime with Debbie Deutsch at 11 a.m. And then we have the Jose Gonzalez Jazz Trio at 8 p.m. So we're good through the 20th. Perfect. Everybody go and have a latte, a muffin, and relax and enjoy your life.
1: What's our address again?
3: 6054 20th Avenue Northeast in the Ravenna District.
1: And if you get lost and need their phone number, how would you go about getting that?
3: You would call 206 525 2347
1: is there a website they can go to
3: funny you should ask oh goody they are located at wwwravenna
1: now they also have another location and we're going to be tying into that location at one point but they have they have semi-famous people like i don't know this this hillary clinton lady was there not too long ago. exactly
3: yes they do attract quite the the names and they're located they're actually located in lake forest park and they are affiliated, most definitely.
1: Oh, perfect. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure almost everybody does by now, Darla Montgomery is the uh, uh, executive producer of the show, and she books all the guests on the show. Tomorrow she's come up with a zing-bang show for my birthday. So you need to be here because there's going to be a lot going on and stuff that I have the feeling. Now, I don't know because nobody's told me this, but I got a feeling there'll be stuff going on that I don't even know is going on yet. So, so
3: I'd like to take my name off of that, segment. And give it to our operations manager, Brooke <laughs> Franson <laughs> because it is her segment. She owns it. She's responsible for it. <laughs> if it's a success, she gets credit. If it's a, f- a disaster, call her. <laughs> Tomorrow,
1: the world-famous gentleman, David Friend, will be here. And for those of you who don't know him with his clothes on, you may know him better when he doesn't have any clothes on because he is a, uh, uh one of two guys that does a show, which is right now at the Moore theater and they've actually held it over for a week. And, in, because I think it's actually held over for the second time for a week and they're going to be and they're doing it all this week it's called Puppetry of the Penis I'm sure that all the female audience members have heard of it and by the way Darla is looking for someone who's willing to go with her to I see. asked
3: my two best friends and they both said no
1: <laughs> so, and, and they're no longer speaking to her
3: well I think they think I'm a little twisted in the fact <laughs> that I want to go see this because I think I need some humor in my life first of all that's right um, but also it does just looked like a fun girls' night out thing. However, no, it's twisted. I heard, a, a yeah, no pun intended. Exactly, okay. exactly. Stretching and twisting. Now, I did hear that through Brooke, our wonderful operations manager, who is um, responsible for booking these, this particular person, went to the show with her mother.
1: You're making that very clear that it's. Yeah, I just responsibility, have to separate myself you? from it at this point in time. Sure and are. she
3: said that a man actually was in the audience, and they they were able to get him up on the stage to try out this puppetry of the penis. And that word just is so weird.
1: I'm sorry. What? What's wrong with puppetry?
3: <laughs> no, yeah, I just can't say it that easily. Um, but she actually—they had a volunteer from the audience come up and try out a couple things. Now I will tell you, this is non-sexual. It's non-porn. This is origami, ancient Australian origami, so they claim. Or so and- they have you believe. <laughs> I'd like to
2: point out that origami is Japanese. It's a Japanese (laughs) artist.
3: Well, we like the word pinagami, thanks to our Mende guests. So that is definitely tune in tomorrow. They're still at the Moore Theater. I'm desperately looking for someone to go with me. So far, no volunteers.
1: Well, what you don't know, because um, our famous Brooke told me this yesterday, is a woman actually got up, too.
3: That's kind of scary.
1: <laughs> no. And what she did is is uh, um, she was standing on stage, and one of the guys did a handstand, and her feet, he put her feet, his feet in her hands. So don't ask me about it, but it sounds like fun. We're going to ask him tomorrow. So it's my birthday. You need to hang for that. <laughs> no pun intended. We're going to be right back after these commercial messages. Don't you dare go away. We're going to be right back, and we're going to talk with uh, um, Darla. Who are we talking to again? Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm your host here on KKNW, 1150 AM. And right now we're going to talk with Yana Harris. Jana Harris is a poet, a novelist, and a short story writer. Jana, how are you?
5: I'm fine, thank you.
1: Very good. You write about a subject that, is, that really interests me because I think that many people don't... We were never taught in school about the hardships of the pioneer people, the people who, who came here from back east and the huge journey it was, and we don't hear a lot about them, and you write about them, don't you?
5: I write about mostly about the women and children, yes.
1: Yeah, well, they were a large portion of the people. It wasn't just men who came here to settle.
5: Right, they were more than half.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed, and it was a very big hardship, wasn't it?
5: Uh, I don't think I could have done it, not even for a day. I mean, I've driven the Oregon Trail. I can barely drive it in a car.
1: <laughs> I know that I know what you mean. And when you look at the covered wagons that they were in, and the and or the, the ox carts or however motor transportation they used, and how slow it was. And remember, there were no roads back then.
5: Right. You can still see the ruts the rag, wagons made uh, near Baker, Oregon, and also in Wyoming.
1: What are some of the stories from um, those days and some of the poems that, you, that you've done w- with that?
5: Oh, you want me to read you something? Yeah, my would, new book. Okay, oh, that new, would be great. My new book is titled "We Never Speak of It," and up until this time, I've written about the women and children who made it to their destination all the way to the Pacific Coast, to Oregon or Washington Territory. Uh huh. And this was a book. You know, I kept wondering about what about the people that didn't make it, that either by accident settled along the way or got stranded and just ha- had to settle all, along the trail. So this is about them, the people who who settled in. Um, Uh, Wyoming and
1: Idaho and there were a lot of people weren't there that that tried to get their goal was to get through the Oregon Trail all the way to the coast but they just never made it correct and and that's how see I was born in Idaho Falls
5: oh I've been there that's wonderful
1: yes and I gotta believe that that's how come Idaho Falls is there because somebody couldn't make it anywhere else
5: well you know but only you can say that
1: I know because I was there (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> All right, well, we'll hear, here's one. It's called uh, When Papa Sells the Horses, and they're their first-person monologues. This is Charlie Hopst lectures his younger brothers and sisters, open-range country, Idaho, Wyoming, 1889. When Papa Sells the Horses broke to ride, we'll not have to worry about diphtheria, scarlet fever, typhoid, the three plagues. When Papa sells the horses broke to plow, we'll have money for the doctor and Mama won't fret about burying her children amid rock and sage-like animals where even God himself could not find us on Resurrection Day. When Papa sells the blue-ribbon mare, he'll not send us letters with promises of a present at Christmas, lots of X's and O's and news that no one is buying horses, still they must be fed." When Papa sells the stallion, Mama will not have to keep her forceps handy for pulling people's teeth at 50 cents apiece or trade away our butter and eggs for livestock salt. No one's forgetting when Papa sells the herd, our cup of happiness full for days, all our hard times behind us. When Papa sells the horses, we'll have time to whittle me a creek willow whistle, whittle himself a pipe. When Papa sells the horses, he'll whittle tiny parts of a tiny ship in a bottle, which he said is just like life. All the bitty pieces done right, or you'll ruin it.
1: Wow. <laughs> that, that's incredible, because you think about it, and in our reality... Now, we don't think in terms like that, because that really isn't where we are. You know what I mean?
5: No, we're not. We're a uh, very le- leisure-driven society.
1: Because that was totally based on survival back then. Right. And <laughs> pulling teeth for 50 cents a
5: piece? Right. That was one of their uh, occupations, the way they got, got money to run the household.
1: Oh, my goodness gracious, because that was just a completely different time back then. And you had some extraordinary, hearty people that came out here back
5: then. They were. They were, you know, they were. I don't I couldn't have lived through those times.
1: Absolutely. So let's talk about Yana Harris. What what decided you? Because this is clearly your passion. What decided you that you needed to do this?
5: Uh, Well, I I raise horses. I live on a a farm in the foothills of uh, the Cascades near Stevens Pass. On the road to Stevens Pass,
0: beautiful, right? And
5: uh, it is. It is. It looks like Switzerland. And then there was there was a, a a storm. I think it was called the Inauguration Day Storm in
1: 1962.
5: Uh, no, no, this was a new a newer one. Oh, Nin- I'm sorry. 90, I was thinking 90, the 92 yes. or something. W-
1: I was thinking of the of the Columbus Day Storm. Yeah,
5: well, that was another one. Uh, anyway, I had no power for a week. Um, and, which meant I had no electricity, no water, no heat. I had to take care of, uh, somehow get water to all these horses. It was cold. I had to go out to the pond, my husband and I, and break the ice on the pond and haul the water to the barn. Um, you know, stay clean, stay fed, stay warm. It was exhausting, and I only had to do it for seven days. So, uh, so that made me wonder, how did these people do it?
1: I said that to my children. I have a couple of teenage boys. And I said, you know, if you lived 100 years ago, your job would be to fill the firebox. And on first blush, they said, wow, we get to use an ax and we get to go and chop wood. And I said, yes, but that's at 5 o'clock in the morning every day. And that's before you go milk the cows and feed the horses and make sure all the livestock is taken care of before you get ready to go to school.
5: Yeah, and don't cut yourself because there are no antibiotics, no tetanus shots.
1: The death rate from people, and women and children specifically, on the Oregon Trail must have been horrific.
5: It was. The child mortality was very high.
1: Because there were no doctors really in a lot of the wagon trains and a lot of the, the movements. And not so much, I don't know that there were Indian concerns in the Northern Trail, were there?
5: Uh, off and on, but their their main, uh, fear was, you know, the ox, all the ox dying and they're just stranded there or they run out of money or one, you know, that the two partners, one or the other, the husband or the wife, if they died, the other was really a terrible shortage of manpower.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, that would have been just an extraordinarily difficult thing, a a time to live. And, And now do you have any stories about, about the 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 desperate situation that some found themselves in.
5: Um, yes, uh, I have a story about a, a storm. It's, um, why we? Uh, let's see. I can read this one anyway. Sixth grade composition. Why we came here? Jarvis Fisher Cottonwood Schoolhouse, eighteen ninety.
1: Now, is this is this an actual story from him, or is this something that you've done?
5: Oh no, these are these are all from archival uh, uh, documents.
1: So this is from the actual individual. Yes. Oh, wonderful.
5: Um, you know, I comb documents in the State uh, state Historical Archives in Cheyenne, at the American Heritage Center, at the University of Wyoming in Laramie. Uh, Pullman has lots of documents at Washington State. Uh, the Idaho State Archives are in Boise. And uh, also this book has lots of photos of the people I wrote about.
2: Oh, wonderful.
5: So, sixth-grade composition, Why We Came Here, Jarvis Fisher, 1890 to fully know the blizzard you had to understand the day before how a southerly wind reshaped the drifts and the nebraska sky seared the deep blue <clears throat> sorry how the nebraska sky seared the deep blue of our scarcity of coal at dusk the sun turned the color of anger gales that night but by daybreak low-slung dead calm clouds made the cow fussy at milking walking to school so warm the snow verged on melting sheer joy after three storm-heavy months. As the church bell chimed, ten, just as we set out our spelling books aside, like a bat against a wall, hard flakes rammed the schoolhouse. Every object blotted out. The red hand slid outside the door, teacher's house twenty paces away, the capalta tree we climbed at recess. As mice ran across our feet to escape, the awful roaring teacher kept us reading Homer. The building shook. Dismissed, we glutted around the hot stove. Not on enough coal to last the night. A child could live only a short time lost in a storm like this. What best to do? Take hands, said teacher. Small child, large child. Don't anyone dare let go. Nothing can save you. Wow. Wow. That that was why they left Nebraska and went to Wyoming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were in search of something better, and they found another blizzard. Right. Which is, in isn't it true that most of the people that came west were looking for something better in their lives?
5: Oh, absolutely. They were uh, looking for, so, so that they could be property owners, so that they could own property and leave something to their children. Um, and that, that was it.
1: We're talking with Yana Harris. She is a poet, novelist, short story writer, and essayist. She is going to be appearing at Ravenna 3rd Place Saturday at 6 p.m. to do... You're going to read some of the poems, aren't you?
5: Yes, I am, and I'm appearing with uh, musicians. It's a group called Miscellany. They play instruments authentic to the period, and um, they uh, sing songs that these children sang in school and on the trail.
1: That's wonderful. We need to take a break. We're going to come right back with more with Yana Harris. Don't you dare go away. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio here on KKNW.
0: Hello, this is Jerry Armour from the Good Health Pantry in Factoria. I want to tell you about Carbs Away. Carbs Away is one of the first weight loss products on the market, specifically designed to help you lose weight without giving up the high-carbohydrate food in your diet. Through a reduced-carbohydrate absorption process, Carbs Away is able to help people better manage carbohydrate buildup while eating foods high in carbohydrates and starch. That means anything from bread to pizza to sweets, they're better controlled by first taking Carbs Away. Oregon Health always recommends a healthy diet, but people can afford to cheat a little with Carbs Away. Carbs Away is actually a protein extracted from white kidney beans called phasolamid which disrupts the conversion of carbohydrates and stops simple sugars from being converted into fat. In other words, consumed carbs are not broken down and stored in the body as fat. Stop worrying about everything you eat, come into the Good Health Pantry in Factoria and get all the complete information on carbs away.
1: At the Claymate Pottery Studio, owner and studio potter Tina gonzalez ryman has developed a very special business. She's combined her love of art nature, and teaching into one of the most unique pottery studios found anywhere. She hand forms and paints her one-of-a-kind pieces that are lead-free and food-safe and are sure to be a hit at your next dinner party or gathering. From dinner plates, serving platters, mugs and planters, Claymate Pottery Studios' colorful designs and styles are sure to catch everyone's eye. In addition, Tina loves to teach her rare art to one and all, from public schools and adult classes to just for the fun of it birthday parties and summer camps. Her hands-on approach is fun, educational, and best of all, they will bring the class to you. Now, you can design and order your custom one-of-a-kind beautifully painted piece directly from Claymate Studio or schedule a pottery class at your place or theirs by calling 425 788 442 or log in to www.claimatesstudio.com Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. We're talking with Yana Harris, she's a poet, novelist, short story writer, and essayist. She's going to be at Ravenna Third Place Books on Saturday with an ensemble musical group that plays period pieces from the late eighteen hundreds and with with song as well. Correct?
5: Correct. We have a wonderful uh, vocalist Nancy Quincy and a fabulous uh, fiddler Isla Ross, Barbara Palachek, Don Firth.
1: We were just talking. And during the break, and we were talking about you know the people that came over the uh, Oregon Trail in the late 1800s were looking for a better life, and they all thought that they'd end up like in the Shenandoah Valley in Oregon, and and because that was what they sold back east were were the the lush um, uh, river valleys and so forth of of the Northwest, but a lot of people just flat didn't make it, didn't
5: they? That's right.
1: And there were a lot of reasons for that. And we were talking about it in the break. What were some of the reasons why people would drop out or the wagon train ceased to exist or whatever?
5: Uh, well, often the husband or wife died. Um, the ox died. The uh, the parties had arguments and broke up. The people ran out of money. Um, those were the major reasons.
1: And so a lot of them would just find a river or something, some body of water, and just settle there, right?
5: Right. Water and a sheltered place were the two requirements.
1: And some of them actually ended up in, like, Deadwood, Deadwood, South Dakota, right? Correct. Which, which is where, of course. Um, um, Calamity Jane.
5: And Wild Bill Hickok <laughs> where, were. Right. Here I have a poem about that area, or near it. Um, It's titled, I Have Always, this is just an excerpt, I Have Always Believed That It Is Entirely Possible To Pray While Chopping Wood. Martha James, Open Range Country, Idaho, Wyoming, 1890. Coming into this country from Wales as a bride, I crossed Clear Creek with one horse that spooked, kicking the end gate out of the wagon box. My trunk with every keepsake, bolt of cloth, photograph, lace, button, book I owned, slid off the back, never heard of again. How often since that day have I had to start again from scratch? Sam, the children's father, had gone to Onion Gulch delivering a team, came home riding a little Indian digger bareback. He'd lost everything on a bet, wagons, money for clothes for the children, and cloth to make real pretty curtains for our dugout's window. My lost trunk again. Oh, how it might have saved me.
1: My goodness, and when you think about it, they t- she took her entire life and it was in a trunk.
5: Right, and it slid off the back of the wagon into a, you know, snow melt from a rapidly rising creek in, and, the, in the Bighorn Mountains.
1: And there it was, and her whole life was gone. Right. It's interesting. Well, you know, a lot of the folks that were there, I mean, it was by accident maybe that they stopped in certain places, but it turned out that they, were, they grew up a country.
5: right. And uh, here's one from another child. It's titled, Two for a Penny, Counting My Wrath Hunting Money. Mary Hannah Clark, age 14, Cottonwood, 1890. By the way, this is the mythical Cottonwood, a a town I made up, not the real Cottonwood, Idaho. When Mama takes in teacher's wa- Miss Teacher's Wash, I study each shearing, ruffle, pinking, turn every dress inside out, examining the details, how lined, bound, how even and small each stitch, every dart and seam, 17 to a silk bask. Look here, Mama says, this lining so pieced and patched. Pity your teacher taken in by her dressmaker. I think it beautiful, beg to be let iron it. How I sweat trying to get it shiny without the scorch, my gaze transfixed in what Mama calls my Satan filled bedroomy eyes. When the sad iron sticks, I run it over salt, then a candle, only to get more wrinkles in than out. Teacher has three smocks, boots laced up to her knees. My clothes made from gunny bags and ore satchels, my bustle, dish towels folded over an empty peach tin strung through and around my waist with a string. And these underthings cut from sugar sacks, the word sugar stamped in the most peculiar places. (laughs) 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 So even back then, young girls were fascinated by fashion.
0: And, oh, absolutely. And, and
5: that's a true story, how she made a bustle for herself out of uh, a dish towel and a peach tin and a string.
1: <laughs> you know, the necessity is the mother of invention, and some people can just make it happen.
0: Absolutely.
1: Now, Yana, you are a very, very accomplished poet and writer, are you not? Well, thank you. And because we, I know that you probably don't like to talk all that much about yourself, but let's review some of the works that you've done. Okay. And go ahead. You, and you've written how many books?
5: Gee, I couldn't count them. Uh, Several poetry books. Another one along this line, titled um, "Oh, How Can I Keep on Singing," which Uh, was,
1: by the way, a Pulitzer Prize nominee.
5: Right, and it was also a wonderful uh, video, which was recently shown on PBS, made by Moving Images, uh, which is located in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another uh, book by a by these these were by publisher in Princeton, but a local press, Sasquatch, I wrote an epic poem about the Northwest titled The Dust of Everyday Life, Mm -hmm. uh, which takes place in Oregon and Washington. And it traces uh, the two children as they grow up, meet, have children of their own, and become elderly. And they started out coming across the country in the era of the ox cart, and they lived to see airplanes fly. Which I thought was a pretty incredible period of time.
1: Tell us about the uh, novel Alaska. A
5: bit. Alaska. Well, that was when I first started to delve into um, into the into the past, historical fiction, historical narratives, historical poetry. Um, for briefly, I worked on fishing boats and they went to Sitka. And in Sitka there was, I don't know if it's still, there, something called the Old Pioneers' Home, uh, which used to be a, a military, base it has sort of that world war 1 architecture anyway if you lived in Alaska 50 years you could go there and and retire and they would take care of you free
1: Eric is uh, nodding his head cuz he was in Alaska
5: He for a knows about of time. it yeah Absolutely. And, you know, Alaska was owned uh, Sitka was owned by the Russians and so there's an onion dome church there and there's all that influence but you could go I went and sat on the veranda of the old pioneers home and talked to these um you know Women in their 80s, 90s, some were even 100. About uh, the gold rush days, oh, they that did must an, have been it. It was fabulous, experience. and they'd look at me and they, I mean, they'd talk to me about, uh, I mean, their lives were unspeakable. They um, said, and now there are girls who will not even iron a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst crime you could commit in life is failing to iron a shirt
1: isn't that something and some of the people that would be in that facility who were there during the gold rush days and the in in the late 1800s they have such marvelous stories to tell
5: they do and their their memories are very very clear yes it seems as sometimes uh, as one gets older you remember your early life which much with much more clarity in fact the uh the book, uh, Oh, How Can I Keep On Singing, is about the Okanagan Valley. And I interviewed some of the um, descendants, the children of the original um, white settlers. And they were in their hundreds, and the stories they told were incredible.
1: And I believe How and how Can I Keep On Singing was the Washington State Governor Writers Award winner.
5: Right, it, it did win a- one you, of those awards that was that was an exciting
1: you're just not telling us all the stuff that you're <laughs> capable of.
5: you know, I don't have my resume in front of me <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's wonderful we We have enjoyed talking to you. It's a wonderful thing what what you're doing because you're preserving history in a way that people haven't thought of doing.
5: Well, thank you, I really you know it is my passion. you're right. I love doing it
1: It's incredible to think when you look at the children. Of today with the video games with the computers with the movies the rentals the all the stuff the telephones were now you know the 15 year olds now all now have to have cell phones right which when i was 15 the biggest deal was maybe even getting an extension of the regular phone in your room so that you could talk
5: and there were one of those two of those people in school that had their own telephone number
1: Oh, oh! That that was big. If you could have your own telephone number, that was huge.
5: Remember, in the phone book, it said Smith, and then under it, Smith Children.
1: Yes, yes. And now they've got the cell phones, and they got all this. It's really important for them to 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 be able to read about children of a hundred years ago.
5: Absolutely, when there were no vaccines, you know, you, you could not get injured. You were really up a creek.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and pneumonia.
5: You're right. No antibiotics, no penicillin.
1: All of that stuff, if you caught pneumonia, you were virtually, that was it for
5: you. Well, if you didn't die, it took you about six months to a year to recover.
1: Oh, yeah. So, And the lifespan for the, a lot of the pioneers and settlers was not very long.
5: No, it was like about 38. But I tell you, if they lived to be 40, they usually <laughs> lived to be quite elderly.
1: Well, they, that would require somebody to be physically fit and, and have all their body work. For instance, if you had a bad back and you were on the trail on the way to Oregon and you couldn't walk very – I mean, you were kind of done, weren't you?
5: I don't – you know, I don't know what they did. My only answer is that they had so much uh, – they were so physically fit all their lives that they never had a chance to get a bad back unless they were injured.
1: Absolutely absolutely we've been talking with yana harris she is going to be at ravenna third place books on saturday at six o'clock she's going to have her very own band there it'll be a lot of fun
5: thank you i've loved talking to you
1: i've enjoyed it immensely and i wish you well keep our history alive
5: i'll i'll try (laughs)
1: Thank you so much, Yana. You have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Saturday night. Saturday night, 6 o'clock at Ravenna Third Place Books. And we need to take a break for the top of the hour. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with Joan Casey, and we're going to talk boundaries for life. She's been on before. You've uh, asked her to come back, and so she's coming back right now. So right after the news, stay with us. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio here on KKNW. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.